0: This time of year, it's very customary for us to continue to look upon the nativity scene. In any nativity scene, we know that there's a few essential elements that need to be there. Of course, we need to have the Christ child. He's the entire reason that we celebrate this Christmas season, and so it's absolutely imperative that he be there. And then we know that St. Joseph, that he's often a fixture as well, that he must be there because he's the one that guided that entire journey to Bethlehem even though he was completely silent the entire time. And often Oftentimes we have many different other individuals and figurines that are there. Many times we have a lot of sheep. We have the shepherds that were called by the angel to see what had taken place in that humble manger. And then we have a few different wise men. We have a few different other characters as well. But so often if we looked at all of the others, there would still be one missing and that is the figure of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is her that is so important and essential to the season as well, because she is that conduit and that vehicle through which our Lord Jesus Christ enters into our humanity and enters into our reality. And so certainly the Christmas season, in some respect, is largely due to her and her participation with God. And so we celebrate that simple title that is given to her today, Mary, Mother of God. But what does that mean for us? How does that change our life, especially as we celebrate this Christmas season? What more are we to do in this life of faith as we celebrate this feast of Mary, the mother of God? We start off this morning with the book of Numbers, and so as we know, Numbers often comes from that time whenever Moses is working with the Israelites, he's leading his people and he's listening to the Lord into his commands. And so in this particular moment, the Lord is speaking to Moses and telling him, give these words to Aaron and his sons, who are the Levites, who are the priests, who are the ones charged with the spiritual care of God's people. And so he tells them this simple prayer of blessing, which is now known as the Aaronic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord be kind to you and give you peace. All of these things that they're said, they're a very beautiful prayer and a very beautiful blessing. But the Lord tells Moses and he tells Aaron through Moses. At any time they call down upon the name of the Lord in this way, he will bless the Israelites and he will bless his people. And indeed, that's a powerful thing because the Lord wants to instill within his people his divine aid, his help and his grace. And so even at this early moment, even in the Old Testament, we know that the Lord is reaching down to his people and he wants to bless them and give them every grace and heavenly blessing and spiritual aid that he can because he loves his people so much. But we know that we can't just stop at the Old Testament because while that is a form of blessing and that's a very important blessing, that we know that in time it is fulfilled in something else, which is our Lord coming to us in the incarnation through Jesus Christ. And in fact, we recognize that He fulfills all of those blessings. And in fact, whenever we hear that line of prayer where the Lord is looking upon His people that they may see His face, indeed, what that means is that in time they will see Him in His face in the Christ Child in Jesus. Christ Himself. And so we see that that is a form of blessing, that that too is the way that we are blessed ultimately and fundamentally and in the most powerful way through our Lord Jesus Christ. But that blessing flowed through Mary. That blessing was there, that divine aid and that help that we needed through the second person of the Trinity, which is Jesus Christ, in fact flowed through her. And so as much as the priests of old were continuing to bless the people in the name of the Lord, Mary becomes a conduit of blessing herself, allowing herself to be an instrument to work in God's hand and to bring us to the Christ child. And indeed we see how this relationship plays out in the second reading in St. Paul in his letter to the Galatians Because he tells them about the time that our Lord saw fit that he was going to have his son come into the world Born of a woman born under the law so that he could redeem all of those under the law Which is each and every one of us and that gives us a spirit of adoption so that we are no longer slaves But we are sons and daughters of the Most High God and so we can call upon God as Abba we can call upon him as our father and indeed as we hear about this beautiful mystery and about the way that we are enabled to call God this very close and proximate relationship how we are able to truly call him father that nonetheless that tells us something about the relationship that our lady enjoys as well because as we hear about her being the mother of God indeed that tells us something about her relationship with the Lord as we all have but indeed it also tells us something more about her Because she's not just meant to be the mother of God, but he also gives us at the foot of the cross our mother as well in the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so she not only becomes the mother of God, but she becomes the mother of the church. So as we enjoy God as our father, we enjoy our lady as our mother as well. And then finally we arrive at the gospel according to Luke and we hear about how the shepherds approach the manger because they've just beheld this beautiful news that has been proclaimed to them by the angelic hosts and that they've told them that there is the Christ child, that he is in a manger outside of Bethlehem. And so they are so curious that they are so moved that they go to see this thing that has taken place. And the And then while they are there, they tell Joseph and they tell Mary about what had been told them about this child, because they are so taken aback and they are so filled with awe at the mystery that they are allowed to behold and to take part in. And even as meek and as humble as shepherds often were and as often looked down upon as they were in society at that time, nonetheless, they were the first ones that were called worthy to go and behold the Christ child, even in their own lowly state. But they proclaim this good news to Mary and to Joseph, telling all all, The things that had taken place and what had been told them about this child. And then as they go forward, they start to tell others that they start to tell the good news to all others that would listen, proclaiming it because it's such great news and they couldn't believe what they had just seen. And indeed, Mary also received this news. And we are told that she not only received this news, but she pondered it within her heart, that she ruminated upon it, she reflected upon it, as many of us do with the scriptures at times. Because that good news was there, and it was meant to be ruminated upon to receive its fruit and its fullness. Because she didn't, maybe she wasn't quite aware of the fullness or of the magnitude of what had taken place, or she was just so filled with awe that she wanted to return time and time again to that moment. And so therefore, she saw it as a time, and she saw it as something worth remembering, and remembering often, because that mystery had been told to them by the shepherds. But as we celebrate this feast, I did indicate at the beginning of the homily, what exactly does this encourage us to do? Why are we here gathered celebrating Our Lady in the midst of this feast of our Lord, in the midst of this season of Christmas? Well first we should recognize the, that blessing that takes place as we saw in the first reading that it has been fulfilled through the blessed Virgin Mary as she brings the ultimate form of blessing namely Jesus Christ's presence being with us in the incarnation that she is that conduit and that vehicle through which that blessing flows and so in fact she receives that blessing but she bestows it upon the world because God has used her as an instrument to bring his child and to bring his son into the world and so in fact we see the way that Mary Becomes not only a blessing, but not only receiving a blessing, but she becomes a blessing to each and every one of us. That she was willing to undergo that that ability or to undergo that work of and that effort of being the mother of God. And so she was willing, although she felt unworthy to still take upon herself that title and that role, so that she indeed could be that mother and be a blessing to each and every one of us by a result. But then we also continue on because we recognize that we are not just simply in the midst of this christmas season just because it makes us feel good but because it reminds us of things that are going to make us truly good that redeem us that make it possible to enter into the kingdom of heaven and so we are reminded of mary's role within that incarnational mystery the way that god becomes man the way that jesus christ was born as the newborn king and as we see that we're reminded of the way that Mary ruminates that she reflects on all these things and ponders them within her heart and that gives us a model to follow because we are not to see the manger scene and to be unmoved or unaffected but we too are meant to ruminate upon these things and not just during the Christmas season but each and every day of our lives the fact that God condescends that he humbles himself so much to be born of a virgin and to become man and to walk in the midst of us and so we are given that mystery to ruminate upon to reflect upon and ponder in much the same way that our lady does but then the final thing that we should realize as we reflect upon mary as she is the mother of god we should also reflect on the way that she is the mother of the church because in the second reading, when St. Paul is speaking of, about that son that was born of a woman, how Jesus Christ was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he speaks about our adoption as sons and daughters of the Most High God. But also, we are also adopted by, by Jesus Christ's own mother, by Mary, that we are all able to call ourselves sons and daughters of Mary as well. And this is important, not just because of the title, but because of what Mary can do for us. Because, in much the same way as the priest and the Aaron and his sons were able to bestow blessing upon the people in the first reading, so is Our Lady a distributor of grace to each and every one of us. And she has the affection of a mother, that she has the affection that many of us would have towards our children, that she is there and cares for each and every one of us, especially in the most desperate and difficult of circumstances. And that's such a beautiful thing, that Our Lady is there for us and wants to bestow grace upon us and bless us in the way that only she can as she distributes God's graces for each and every one of us as the mediatrix, as the distributor of grace." And so we're at the beginning of this year. We are at the beginning of this year, 2024, of the year of our Lord. And indeed, we look upon the past when maybe we reflect upon the things that have gone wrong in the past, or maybe the things that haven't gone as well as they should. Or maybe we are grateful for the things that have come upon us. Or maybe we are aware of the things that are coming in this next year. Maybe we are aware of the different trials or circumstances or struggles that may come our way. Or maybe we are not fully aware of the struggles that will be there just yet. Nonetheless, this is an important moment for us to dedicate this year to Our Lady, because as she is a mother, she cares for us so much that she wants to take care of not only our present fears and concerns, but also the ones that we will face down the road in this year ahead. And so, in fact, this is a beautiful moment for us to continue to consecrate this year and to get dedicated to our God and to Our Lady so that we can receive every blessing, every grace, and every spiritual aid that He wishes to bestow upon us. Because Mary is a part of that nativity scene that it would not really seem like the nativity scene or the manger without Our Lady being there. And that is so true, but we should also realize that she doesn't want to just be a fixture within the nativity scene, but a fixture in each and every one of our lives as she is not only the mother of our Lord, but also the mother of the church and the mother to each and every one of us. May this year be a year of blessing and may we, through the intercession of Our Lady, receive all the graces, all the blessings and all of the aid that she can give to us as she's not only the mother of God, not only the mother of the church, but the mother for each and every one of us.